Please turn with me to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 3. We are a church that does expository preaching. Even in our topical sermons. So we're going to do a topical expository sermon this morning. And we'll be considering the matter of the new birth this Sunday, next Sunday. So I have a sermon titled, You Must Be Born Again. And this will be the first part. I'll read John chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 8. We will consider verse 1 to verse 4. And then next week, Lord willing, consider verse 5 to verse 8. John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say it to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes, where it comes from, or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow to you, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your kindness in allowing your word to come to us. Lord, we, we would be better off without food if only we had your word for the rest of our lives. We pray now this, um, at this time that you would help us to hear your word to take it, that all our teaching would be according to your word, to feed upon your word. Please shine upon our hearts with the true light, because your lamp, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Grant that our way would be well lit, so that we may come to you. Help us to see the workings of your Holy Spirit this morning that we may rejoice and give you praise in the granting of the new birth. Help us now as we consider these few verses. Speak to us. Shape and fashion us 
to the image and likeness of your son by your Holy Spirit conform us to look more and more like you we pray this in Jesus name Amen <clears throat> the matter of the new birth is something that is lo well lost in today's churches it's not very often that you will enter into a church and hear the preacher telling men and women that they must be born again this morning I like us to consider from verse 1 to verse 4 that the most important thing in the life of any human is that they be born again and if they are not if you are not born again you are in you're in trouble for you to come to God for anyone to come to God in repentance and faith one thing must happen you must be born again <clears throat> seated here this morning you and I uh, have professed faith you have repented of your sins you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ your faith looks up to him this is well because you have been born again if anyone will come to God if anyone will be saved if anyone will be transformed they must be born again what do you mean when you say that you must be born again when you say that you have been born again what do you usually mean and what you mean here is that one must be changed one must be renewed one must be granted new life one must be transformed from the inside out sometimes when people say that they have been born again they speak as though it's something that they have done for themselves sometimes when people say that they have been born again they speak as though being born again is something that you can go and do I submit to you this morning that when I say you must be born again when you say that you have been born again what you mean or what you should mean is that something happened to you that was outside of you that it is not something that you did for yourself it's not something that you granted yourself rather it is something that God did for you and in you therefore if you're a Christian here this morning you were born again now <clears throat> the matter of the new birth is absolutely important for you it is not in vain that you're seated there listening to a sermon on being born again one might very easily argue that this is preaching to the choir that people everyone seated here is a christian and therefore they do not need to hear about being born again but my dear brothers and sisters this is an extremely important doctrine the doctrine of the new birth you know when we talk about being born again there are a couple of things that we are assuming there are a few things that we are alluding to we are saying that man is a sinner and in the morning we have uh, um, uh, in the morning Sunday school we just finished considering that sin is here with us everyone is a sinner that uh, sin is the most wicked thing the most detestable thing 
that has ever happened to humanity. And therefore, when we say that you must be born again, we are alluding to the fact that humans are sinners. You and I know that sin came to us, it entered into the world through one man. His name is Adam. Being our representative, he fell into sin. He failed to obey the laws of God. And therefore you and I are plunged into this state that we call uh, sin. We are sinners. Because we are sinners, every faculty of the human is tainted. What we call total depravity. Now when we say that human beings are completely, totally depraved, we are not saying that humans are, are, uh, um, are sinners in the most extreme way that they could be. We are saying that sinners are, every faculty of the human has been tainted with sin. And therefore they are sinners. When, when we are talking about the new birth, we are, we are also uh, alluding to the fact that something must happen to you. Human beings are unable to go to God by themselves and therefore God must do something on their behalf, in them, for them. So that when we say that you must be born again, we are alluding to the fact that not only that man is sinful, not only that every faculty of the human has been affected by sin, but we are alluding to the fact that man is unable to go to God by himself and therefore needs the new birth. He needs regeneration for him to come to God. And then when we are talking about the new birth, we are also saying that there is a consequence of not being born again. When Jesus Christ tells Nicodemus, as we're going to see shortly, you must be born again if you're going to enter the kingdom of God. When he says that, he's, 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 he's telling him that if someone does not, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. If one is not born again, they will not see God when they die. Rather, they will, they will face the wrath of God. We are saying that there is death, for the wages of sin is death. We are saying that there is hell, that we are to fear him who is able to kill the body and the soul. And therefore, granting the statement, you must be born again. Now, sin has brought mankind into a state that requires the new birth. Before we consider the passage before us, go with me to chapter 1 of John. Chapter 1 and verse 12. And in chapter 1 verse 12 we read that all, all who did receive all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God. And these children of God verse 13 grants that they were born. They were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so everyone who has believed, everyone who has uh, uh, looked to Christ, who has received Christ as it were, they have been born. They have been born not because of themselves, not, be, not, not, not because of a natural kind of, of, of birth, not because of the will of other people, not because of them themselves, their, their own will. They have been born of the will of God. And so then, this whole matter of the new birth is absolutely important. It is important for you to be able to grasp what it means uh, for you to be born again. So that you do not mistake 
uh, your salvation. You do not uh, make the mistake of thinking that it's because you walked forward. It's because you chose God. It's because you heard the news and you made the decision. It's very important for us to understand this whole matter of the new birth so that we do not get into all sorts of problems. Now I'd like us to see three things for, from the passage before us in John chapter 3 verse 1 to verse 4 for us to establish this whole thing, this whole matter of the new birth. Number one, the new birth is necessary. Number two, the new birth is second. It is other. It is a second birth. Then number three, the new birth is heavenly. It is from above. Look with me there in verse one. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So we are told that there's this man of the Pharisees, Nicodemus, and he is a ruler of the Jews. And <clears throat> Pharisees were the people that hated Jesus the most. They, they did not want to hear from him. They did not want even to see him. They did not want him to do the miracles that he did. They did not want him to, to, to claim what he claimed to be the Messiah, the Christ of God. And we are told here that there is this man, his name is uh, 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 Nicodemus. He is one of the Pharisees. He is one of these people that hate the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are also told that he is a ruler of the Jews. His status is not, he is not any other Pharisee. He is one of the rulers. And we, we, we see this when we consider verse uh, is it verse are you a ruler of the jews and yet you do not understand these things um sorry i cannot find it there but then he's he's not he's not just any other pharisee he's a ruler of the jews he is one of those top people uh, <clears throat> in the pharisaical order now, Nicodemus, we are told there in verse 2, he comes to Jesus. And just before we say anything more, uh, <clears throat> it's important for us to see that anyone can come to Jesus. Jesus would not cast out anyone who went to him. He did not cast out Nicodemus. And we read in John chapter 6 that everyone who comes to him, they will not be cast out. Now we know that those people who go to Christ, those people who come to the Savior, they do so because they have been granted by the Father to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told there that Nicodemus came to Jesus. It did not matter that he was the, he was the ruler of the Jews. It did not matter that he was a man of the Pharisees. He came to Jesus, the Bible tells us. We read there that Nicodemus came by night and said to Christ, Rabbi, and so Nicodemus <clears throat> does not come to Jesus by night because he did not have time during the day. Nicodemus does not come to Jesus by night because he prefers going to him at night. Nicodemus goes to Jesus by night because he is afraid of what people will say. Now, Regardless of how feeble people's efforts are in going to God, 
whether they go to God in secret and they do not want to be seen, those who go to Christ inevitably are saved. Those who go to Christ will be granted salvation. Nicodemus goes to Christ by night. He, 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 he hides himself until he finds himself where Christ is. Now, realize that this is the case because he is a man of the Pharisees. It would not be good for him to be seen with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a ruler of the Jews. It would not be good for him to be seen with the person claiming to be the Messiah whom the Jews are against. And so Nicodemus went, uh, went to Christ by night and he says to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. See there that Nicodemus has respect for the Messiah. He has respect for the Lord Jesus Christ. He refers to him as Rabbi. He, he calls him teacher. He realizes that the Lord Jesus Christ is, is, not, is not like any other, any, other, any other person. Now, Jesus is unique. This is not, this is not so far in, in, in the story. We've not gotten into many chapters in the book of John. We only have gone, gone through two chapters for us to find ourselves here. Now, Jesus, in these two chapters, has already appeared. He has uh, proclaimed a couple of things. We have seen him being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We have seen him calling the first disciples. Uh, uh, and, 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 and we have seen him performing his first miracle, changing water into wine. We have seen Jesus cleansing the temple. And so by the time Nicodemus is going to Christ, he has a good picture of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And so he refers to him as Rabbi. He calls him teacher. And he says, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, we must say here that it's very important to notice that Jesus Christ, uh, the signs that Jesus Christ does, the miracles that Jesus Christ does are, in a sense, not the same as what other people would do. The signs that Jesus Christ do, as you continue to read the book of John, you would see that they testify to his messianic uh, 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 role. He is the Messiah. He uses his signs to tell the people, look at me, I am the one that has been sent from God. So when Nicodemus says, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him, he's saying that there is a special hand of God upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is why he is able to do the things that he is doing. Now, that is a sort of an introduction to this whole matter of the new birth. Because it is until the Lord Jesus Christ opens his mouth that we know what the most important thing is. The most important thing for Nicodemus is not that he realizes that, that the Lord Jesus Christ is a, you know, is a teacher that has come from God, that he is a rabbi. Is the most important thing for Nicodemus is not that he realizes that these things that Christ does cannot be done by anyone else. That's not the most important thing for Nicodemus. And how do we know it's not the most important thing for Nicodemus? Because of the response that the Lord Jesus Christ gives him. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, 
I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, that statement right there should show us what the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about. Number one, the new birth is necessary. Jesus Christ tells him, truly, truly, unless, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is one of the most important statements in the whole of the Bible. For people to see God, for people to inherit the kingdom of God, for people to see the kingdom of God, they must be born again. The new birth is necessary because Jesus says it is, it is a must. It is unless one is born again that he will see the kingdom of God. Look at verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Look at verse 7. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. And so the statement there in verse 3 is a very important statement. Now, everything that Jesus Christ said is the truth. And it should be taken with utmost seriousness. But then when the Lord Jesus Christ says, truly, truly, it's as though he's saying, stop what you're doing, listen to what I'm saying. This is extremely important. Jesus Christ tells Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, then verse, verse 3, verse 5, truly, truly, I say to you. And then he says, then verse 7, do not marvel. As though to tell him, do not marvel that I say to you, truly, truly, you must be born again. This is a very important statement. It's a statement that everyone should stop and listen to. That people must be born again. Unless someone is born again. Unless someone is, is regenerated. Unless someone is granted new life. Unless someone is given that which only God can give. They cannot see the kingdom of God. The new birth is necessary. Everyone who will go to heaven, who has ever lived, at any time, they must be born again. If anyone is going to see God, any one of us is going to inherit the promise of God, of eternal life, which, which John talks about there in verse 16, they must be born again. It is a necessary birth, this new birth. It is... <clears throat> It is, it is that thing that we cannot do without. God must grant it to us. I'd like you to see there, secondly, that the new birth is second. It is other. It is a second birth. It says, truly, truly, unless one is born again, unless one is born but a second time, if you will. Unless you are granted new life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Unless one is born again, born a second time, granted another life, they cannot see the kingdom of God. The new birth is a second birth. And when we say that it's a second birth, we, we mean that it's not, it's not natural. 
It's not something that is granted by people. It's something that is granted to sinners by the will of God. From God himself. God is the one that grants the new birth. When, when, I, when I say you must be born again, I'm not telling you to go do something. I'm proclaiming to you a statement of fact, a statement of truth that every sinner, if they are going to see the kingdom of God, they must be granted the new birth. It must happen to them a second time. One has already been born by their parents. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh, Christ says. They're going to flesh that out next, next week. That was not in, intended. Um, um, yeah, but, but we're going to see that um, next week of the, the fact that it is a supernatural birth. It is a sovereign birth. But then, notice there that it must happen. Uh, if someone is going to be born again, it's something that happens a second time. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, <clears throat> in chapter 1, we have seen that there are these people who receive the Lord Jesus Christ. There are these people who believe in his name. Because light came into the world and men loved darkness. There are these people that have uh, loved the light that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and they, they, they have received him. We, 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 we see there that these people who are given the right to be called the children of God have been born again a second time because of the will of God. Now, when people get children, more often than not, they do not think that they have brought another human being into this world of sin. They do not think that someone has been born and they have been born in sin and if they are going to go to heaven, they must be born again. I'd like for you to think of <clears throat> the time that you were born. You did not speak to your parents to tell them, to uh, give birth to you in whatever year you were born again you, you were born and so it is with the second birth so it is with the new birth it's something that happens secondly not out of the will of man but out of the will of God and so John tells us there that one must be born a second time and if that doesn't happen to him he will not see the kingdom of God now why is this important why 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 is the emphasis that the new birth is necessary why the emphasis that the new birth is a second birth that it must happen again the emphasis there is well put because God has number one his people and number two God is going to punish all evildoers and if people are not born again if they do not have this second birth they will perish 
Go with me to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 verse 1, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish. I'd like for you to see that the new birth is not only necessary but is second because of these factors. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. See there that the new birth is being regenerated, and this happens a second time because we were once foolish, we were disobedient, we were led by various passions and pleasures. We could not do this for ourselves. Verse 5 says, He saved us when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us. He gave, gave it to us. This is what we are referring to as the, sec the second birth. Now look at chap chapter 2 of Ephesians. And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That not only shows that the new birth is necessary, when Jesus tells Nicodemus, unless one is born again is telling them you are dead in your trespasses you cannot do this for yourself you are following the prince of the power of the air you are sons of disobedience unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of god and then he says but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses it must happen a second time uh, someone must be born a second time if they are going to see the kingdom of God. Why? Because they are dead in their trespasses. Then he says there, by grace you have been saved, raised up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not, as a, not, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See there, that being saved by grace, being granted faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, is a result of the new birth, the second 
bath. Number three, the new bath is heavenly. Lastly, the new bath <coughs> is heavenly. Nicodemus asks the Lord Jesus Christ there <coughs> in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Nicodemus is missing the point. Nicodemus is not understanding what Christ is telling him. Look at verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And verse 10 is the verse that I was looking for. Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? And so Nicodemus is baffled. He's, he's, he's confused. He's not understanding what Christ is telling him. He is as it were asking Christ, What are you talking about? What is this whole matter of being born again? And Jesus is telling him, the new bath is a heavenly bath. It's not a matter of going back into your mother's womb. It's not a matter of making a decision for Christ. It's not a matter of accepting Jesus as though he is the one who needed to be accepted. The new bath is a heavenly bath. He says, unless one is born again. Now, there's a sense in which the, 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 this verse is multifaceted because when Jesus Christ says, unless one is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God, he's saying this is necessary, it is a must. This is, this is second. It happens to you a second time. And then he's saying this is something that does not happen, does not happen to you because there's anything you've done. It's something that comes from above. The Greek word born again there means one who has been born from above. One who has been born from heaven. Above being heaven. It says there, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, and we're going to see what that means next week, um, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And therefore being born again is not being born of flesh. Jesus is telling Nicodemus, it's not a matter of going back into the womb of your mother. This is a matter of being born from heaven, being born from above. He says, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's the Spirit of God who grants the new birth. This is something that happens from above. It comes from God. God is the one that gives it. God is the one that operates in the heart of the sinner in such a manner that he can say, Praise the Lord, I am born again. It is a heavenly birth. And so then this is, this is not a matter of boasting. This is not a thing that we, 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 we get and then we boast in. As though we gave it to ourselves. The fact that it comes from heaven alludes to the, to the idea that this has been given. This is a gift. This is an operation that the Holy Spirit has done. He, he has been able to do it out of his own mere pleasure, out of his own will. 
out of his own good loving kindness he has granted the new birth to sinners like you and I now this is important for you because you should be evangelistic you should evangelize it's important for you because when you go to sinners this is one of the things that you should not fail to tell them they must be born again sinners out there must be born again my dear brothers and sisters they must hear of the saving work of god they must see the sinfulness of their sin they must you must hold up for them the mirror of the word of god the mirror of the law of god they must be able to see that they are lost in their sins and they must be able to see that unless god does the operation they will die they will perish they will go to hell this is important for you for your own comfort because if you're going to say that i am a christian that you have been redeemed and you love to proclaim it the doctrine of the new birth is completely necessary for you it is absolutely important for you for your own comfort to know that if your salvation could be lost you would lose it but then one of the reasons why it cannot be lost is because you did not give it to yourself you did not work yourself up to god god granted you the new birth and therefore you were born again and because you were born again god is going to hold you in his arm jesus christ is going to uh, uh, ensure that you get home because you have been born again go with me to the book of first john same writer first <clears throat> john chapter 3 verse 1 he says see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of god now john speaks in such a manner to as to say that the people who are the people of god they have been born of god and he says what kind of love is this that we should be called children of god and he has already told us in the gospel of john that being called children of god being granted, granted that that right comes from god who grants the new birth by his own will the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him beloved we are god's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is and he who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure those people that have been granted the new birth are comforted by knowing that god is the one that did this operation and they are comforted when they see their continual uh, desire to be pure the way god is pure to be holy the way god is holy now look at verse 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 9 verse 9 of first john chapter 3 says no one born of god makes a practice of sinning for god's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of god 
and as we were going through this book of first john we were able to see that the the idea of keeping on keeping on sinning it does not mean that christians do not sin it means that christians are not in direct opposition to god they're not clinching their fists against god the way the atheist does the way the unbeliever does the continual sinning that is being spoken of there is a thing that the christian cannot do because they have the seed of god in them they have been born of god they have been born again and this comes from above it does not come from us it does not come from anything that that, that we have done it comes from god because this is his seed and therefore the new bath my dear brethren is absolutely important for you and i when we come before god we come with much reverence we come with much joy we come with much rejoicing because god has saved us god has granted this that no one else could could give god has saved a people for himself by giving them the new bath when you pray for sinners to be saved when you pray for your friends and family members that they may be saved you are essentially praying god be merciful to these people grant them the new bath the way that you did us now what is the means by which god uses powerfully to save sinners it's the gospel the gospel is the power of god unto salvation for all who believe when we proclaim the gospel we are aware that god is mightily powerfully working so that sinners may have the new birth that they may be born again because one cannot repent of their sins one cannot turn from their sins and turn to Christ one cannot put their faith in Jesus one cannot have that uh, inextricable link of repentance and faith if they have not been born again my dear brethren this morning or this afternoon we have been saved we've been granted the new birth by God's grace we've been granted the new birth because of God's mercy because God shows mercy on whomever he will he shows compassion on whomever he will this is absolutely important for you so that you may know how to praise God so that you may know how to bow before God so that you may know how to worship your heavenly father with these things then i hope that you will be strengthened i hope that you will be enabled to continue to trust upon the god who saved you that the work that he did the work that he has accomplished he will bring it unto completion he will finish it because god is faithful because what he begins that he finishes not because of anything in us but because of everything in him next week we'll consider what it means to be born of water and spirit we will consider the sovereignty of god in the new birth i'm hoping by the, these things then we would be helped to have a right understanding of the doctrine of regeneration let's pray Heavenly Father, we bow before you. 
And we marvel, we marvel at your works. Why were we made to come to Christ when thousands, multiple people refused to come? They would rather starve than come. We thank you for the new birth. We thank you that you regenerated us by your Holy Spirit awakened us to the fact that we are sinners, dead. You gave us new life in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for anyone that will come across this sermon, that you would help them to have the new birth, that you'd be merciful to regenerate them. We pray that you would help us to see the necessity of it and to be fueled in our evangelism to go out to reach to as many people as we can we ask oh heavenly father that you would help us to see how you have saved us how you've regenerated us and to rejoice and to live for you to seek to be pure the way you are to seek to honor you for what you've done to seek to live for your glory in all things. Bless us with these things. Hear our prayers because we pray in Jesus' name.